This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Work Talk, a new podcast by The Straits Times to help you work smarter, think deeper, and get ahead in your work life. I am Chris Boo. In today's podcast, we're talking about the Great Resignation in Singapore. The Great Resignation is a term coined by American professor Anthony Clocks. It describes the phenomenon of a great number of workers quitting their jobs in a pandemic. In the last two years, many workers have begun to review the important things in their lives. And their jobs isn't one of them. We are seeing signs of the great resignation in Singapore. If you are an employer, are you worried about its impact on your business? Are you thinking about paying your workers more to keep them? Joining me today are Ms. Mansi Sabhawa, a rewards products leader from global consultancy Mercer Singapore, Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me today. And the young millennial executive, Mr. Justin Chua. Hi, Chris. My pleasure to be here. Welcome to the show, Mansi and Justin. We are beginning to see high attrition rates come up over the past few months. From your view on the ground, what is happening in Singapore? Sure, Chris. We are definitely seeing increased attrition, not just these professionals that you've mentioned, but across all industries, roles, and across all levels. In fact, Singapore companies are nearly reaching attrition to pre-pandemic levels of about 12%. I call this the turnover tsunami, where we are also seeing an increase in hiring for replacement hires due to high turnover. So what happened in Singapore, Chris, is, and in fact, across the world, was second half of 2021, businesses started to expand and reopen roles that were previously on hiring freeze during the pandemic in 2020. Actually, last year alone, we saw an average increase of 31% in employee headcount. Now, that's a significant number. So, you see top three reasons, if you ask me for high turnover, are increased poaching by competitors and they're using increased salary and compensation for doing that, foreigners returning to their home country, increased workload of employees, and in addition to these, mental exhaustion from the isolation of work from home and burnout of existing employees overworked as they absorb the additional work leading to resignations and the vicious cycle continues. So if you see overall in Singapore, not only we are seeing more leavers than joiners, but people are leaving faster than companies are able to hire. So probably only once border restrictions are lifted and foreign workers can be hired again for a larger talent pool to tap on, we will only then see attrition tapering off. You know, Mansi, many consultants, including you, have said that employers need to look beyond raising pay to hold on to workers. We talk about bosses offering flexibility, work-life balance, more career opportunities. Is this just theoretical advice or is there evidence that this strategy is effective? Absolutely, it is effective, Chris. Uh, In fact, according to our recent Mercer Marsh Benefit Survey, conducted over 1,000 respondents in Singapore, employees who received strong support during the pandemic said they are less likely to move to a new job elsewhere compared to those who actually said they received poor support. Now, the type of support I'm referring to here includes mental health support, having a diverse and inclusive workplace, offering digital access to health solutions to employees, as well as providing more and varied benefits. 
So in the same survey, Chris, we actually asked employees whether flexible working was considered an important well-being benefit. More than half of them responded saying highly or extremely valuable. So people are willing to leave a job if it does not offer flexible working in this era. All of this tells us today's employees are looking for more than just salaries. So for employers, it is just not sustainable financially to keep increasing pay. And for employees, they are equally focused on company culture, work-life balance. How will they progress in their career? How are the upskilling opportunities and other intangible offerings? Justin, tell us how your career developed in the past two years. Has a pandemic played a part in it? Thank you, Chris. I graduated from school in May 2020. It wasn't easy to find a job then as it was the start of the pandemic. I found a two-month contract job in May to take care of foreign workers at the dormitories. This was an interim job as I looked for a more permanent role. I joined my current company, which is SME, in August 2020. And here we consult for companies and train executives in areas of strategy, communications and leadership. I had to manage different accounts and provide concrete recommendations when necessary. And my scene here allowed me to pick up important skills, including communication, account management, time management and decision making. However, I could not have learned so much if I had not had a hybrid working environment. Being able to learn and listen from my colleagues in office was extremely valuable for me. Did your previous employers do things that made you change your mind or delay your decision to leave? Before coming on to this podcast, I asked my friends for their views on career transitions and the great resignation. Like them, I agree that the term is really just a figure of speech. There are deeper problems across companies in Singapore, and the pandemic merely upped the ante for millennials like myself. One is leadership at work. While CEOs are ultimately responsible for their employees' well-being, we do feel that middle managers play a key role to provide clarity and direction to the working-level staff. I was able to have that clarity because it was explained to me. My colleagues have an interest in me and not just my work. That was important to me because I know why and how I am contributing to the company. My friends who change jobs often tell me that their employers simply lack the acumen and interest to keep them in the company. If you could ask Mansi one question about the great resignation, what would it be? Thanks, Chris. Mansi, you spoke about burnt-out familiar and I would think that you are familiar with the term. Why do you think employees or millennials like myself feel burnt out? Is it really because of the workload or is there something else? Sure, Justin. Uh, so burnout, yes, it has been a term known before, but I think relatively more prevalent since the onset of pandemic. And I think this is due to a variety of reasons. Firstly, uh, because we are all working from home, there are blurred lines between work and personal life. So nobody knows when to start and when to stop. And like you said, middle management is somebody who should provide that direction. Now, with more attrition in companies, what happens is the gap to hire the replacement with similar experience and skills, the existing staff who's bearing the brunt of additional workload feels the stress and burnt out. SMEs also, on the other hand, who may not have luxury of a big staff headcount, 
has been more hurt with attrition and burnout becomes a natural issue because their hiring pace is much slower than larger companies. And I think lastly, managers were not used to managing employees with burnout or mental well-being issues in past before. Mansi, just to carry on on that question, what can employers do about that? Sure. I think employers have been trying and working on some of these practices to curb employee burnout. So firstly, like I said before, provide more flexibility to employees, especially who juggle between home responsibilities and work duties. Empathize and support uh, that. Proactive communication between managers and employees on workload, efficiency, uh, what are the challenges being faced, expectations, uh, manager-led conversations about career choices, uh, what do you want to do next, that has all become much more important now. And I would advise uh, investment in digitalization of not just company products and services that they are selling, but also internal processes to help bring in efficiencies so that employees can be at ease and be more productive. And lastly, uh, focus more on how you can upskill your employees, continuously train and develop them uh, so that they can do their work faster and more effectively. Our survey shows that being able to provide uh, benefits, health access, and taking care of these areas, at least a third of employees are less likely to leave the company. And at a time when companies are doing everything they can to retain people amidst a talent shortage, I think this one third number is huge. Employees need to start thinking differently and understand the urgency of providing mental health benefits uh, and resources to improve the collective well-being and loyalty of their workforce. Thank you, Mansi. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Manti. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Justin. That's a wrap for Work Talk, a new podcast series by The Straits Times. Look out for our next episode on workplace romance on this channel. If you'd like to read the stories online or in print, they appear under the series Work Life, and there's a link in our podcast text description below. I'm Chris Boo. Thank you for joining us today. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.